When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now back to your regular programming. You've never heard less productive announcements. Heard nationally, it's the Believe in FCS Football Podcast with Joe DeLeon and Sean Anderson. So Alabama head coach Nick Saban decided to set the world on fire by making comments about NIL and what is typically supposed to be a pretty quiet month of May during this offseason for for college football. And he directed those aggressive NIL comments at rival head coach, one of his former assistants, Jimbo Fisher, who's at Texas A&M right now, but strangely enough, decided to drag an FCS program into it as well, that being Jackson State and particularly Deion Sanders, their head coach, and the five-star recruit that they recently got in Travis Hunter. If you missed the comments, here is exactly what he had to say. I mean, we were second in recruiting last year. A&M was first. A&M bought every player on their team, made a deal for name, image, and likeness. All right, we didn't buy one player. All right, but I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain that in the future because more and more people are doing it. Hell, read about it in the paper. I mean, Jackson State paid a guy a million dollars last year that was a really good Division I player to come to school. It was in the paper, and they bragged about it. From the FCS perspective first, and talking about Travis Hunter, I have to say that this is the worst part of it, in my opinion, because the rest of it's all, it's an ego fight. It is, who is the, the bigger man in this situation? But I think to drag an HBCU program, a small FCS underfunded program into something that I I think is entirely unnecessary is completely ridiculous on Nick Saban's part. And the statement to claim that a program that barely had the funding before Dion got there and has had an increase in funding, to claim that they were able to pay Travis Hunter a million dollars is entirely baseless. I firmly believe from when Travis Hunter announces commitment, his commitment, the way that he did it, the things that he said around his commitment, I firmly believe that that was a decision that was made because one, he wants to learn and develop and grow under one of the greatest NFL and college football cornerbacks of all time. But separate from that, I think that he acknowledged this was an opportunity to do something different, to make a change, to to help develop an HBCU program that typically does not and almost never gets top recruits. This wasn't just a three-star kid. This was a five-star number one overall recruit. This was maybe not entirely, and I, I can't say for certainty because there's just not enough information out there to know exactly if it's true or not. It's possible he might have gotten some money, but regardless of that, to make the statement, for Nick Saban to make that statement that Hunter 
decided to go to Jackson State because he was handed a million dollars. What do you think all the other programs were offering him? All the Power Five programs. Heck, I'm sure that, especially because Alabama was probably doing it, and we know that Texas A&M was doing it as well, that SEC programs were offering him six-figure deals. And that's a frustration thing on on Nick Saban's part. That is a, a statement by Nick Saban because he's upset that he missed out on the first overall recruit in the class. And I think his statement directed at Jimbo Fisher is an ego thing, that he's been kicking everybody's ass in recruiting, that he suddenly decides that now is the time that he wants to bring up that Texas A&M is doing unethical things in order to get players to come to their school. It's also, it goes in line with how back in the day, and we knew before NIL that paying guys was happening, but under the table. It was the, the bag man concept. I remember back when I was at the University of Rhode Island, I had, a, I had a teammate who played for an FBS program. He was a quarterback, but he was being recruited to play other positions not that weren't quarterback at Power 5 programs. And he told us, some of my teammates and I, that he was offered, or not he rather, guys that he was going on visits. I don't remember if he was or not, but I remember he told me some big five-star recruits were showing up on these visits and when they got to their hotel rooms, there was a bag full of money waiting for them in the hotel room. It was that type of an under-the-table thing. But if you remember back in the day, and Sua Cravens, former USC safety, kind of pointed this out. Back in the day, a lot of times, these SEC programs would tattle on each other. They would call each other out. And that, that is usually what led to the various recruiting scandals. All the teams in the conferences were doing it it was just who wanted to tattle on each other to drag the other one. And there was a good enough period of time where this wasn't really happening because the SEC, for whatever reason, I'm sure that they had some type of alignment that they said, we need to support each other. We can't go around telling on each other because we're hurting the conference as a whole. And that is how the ascension of the SEC, how they became what they are, is because of that ability that they were able to get away with recruiting under the table. It's not hard to hide these things. How are you supposed to track down if, if a bag of money was handed to a kid or a house was given to a parent if you cover it up properly? And these boosters are very, very smart people. They run million-dollar companies and have earned their money or their families have earned their money from their business endeavors because they are smart people. They knew how to get away with it. But here we are now, and we have Nick Saban, who we've had multiple so far today, multiple former players who went to other programs that were recruited by Nick Saban that have said that they were offered money by him. And just in general, there have been people saying that SEC programs have been giving out money for a while. It has been something that has not been talked about or acknowledged, but everybody just kind of knew that it was going on. The irony for Nick Saban to come out and make this statement, 
to be upset that because he was getting away with it when it was under the table, that now that it is out in the open and that Jimbo Fisher got away with it and beat him out because it was out in the open is simply an ego play. It is him speaking out in frustration. And I believe the dinner he was at, there were obviously a lot of boosters there. That statement was probably in an attempt to motivate boosters to pony up some more money. But the frustration in his statement was visibly and noticeably palpable. You could sense how frustrated he was. He's always done this. When there are changes to the game of football, he has spoken up about how he doesn't think that this is the right thing. He did it with no huddle offenses. I believe he's made comments about the transfer portal, the playoff, like how this isn't going to bring more parity. And then he uses it to his advantage to improve Alabama and help them become even more dominant than they were previously. So it, it, it's all an ego play. It This is all an attempt, just or not an attempt rather. This is all just a statement and a dick measuring contest between him and Jimbo Fisher. And specifically, I have to point out, I don't think Jimbo Fisher's response was necessary, and I think it only made the situation worse. It's not necessarily easy to prove if Texas A&M gave money to this year's recruiting class. There's ways to indirectly prove it like the fact that they weren't getting guys five-star recruits and suddenly they get seven this class and this is a year where their only big win was Alabama which is a huge win but they had a pretty mediocre record for an SEC team so for them to suddenly be good at recruiting is a bit bit surprising his decision to come out and, and debunk those those statements by Saban I don't I think he knows that there again there's there's no way to directly 100% prove it unless you have somebody come out and say one of these recruits come out and say hey I was offered this amount of money. But the one thing that makes the situation worse is that his statement is just fueling the fire. It's not like he came out and and tried to to say something along the lines of like I, I, you know, I'm, I have no comment, but I think this is un, unfair and unjust. Instead, he decided in his press conference to say, "Go do your research on Saban. Go do some digging on Saban. There's a reason why nobody comes back to him." Hinting that he was doing all these recruiting violations over his in his time as Alabama's head coach, deciding to attack back at Nick Saban makes this again ultimately so much more so much worse. He probably would have been better off saying nothing. But then if you think of, you know, from the alpha male perspective and the way that a lot of these guys think, he felt attacked and he felt the need to attack back. I, I Again, I don't think that that is necessarily the best look to have if you're Jimbo Fisher in this situation. Lucky for him and lucky for Nick because the NCAA is headless right now and is not going to actually enact any sanctions on any of these programs. Him trying to debunk those, those statements, no one's going to go digging to prove it. Nobody is actually going to go and investigate 
in order to to punish any of these programs, not just the two of them. But the one takeaway I have from all of this is that there needs to be it, it can't be the NCAA. No one no one could take the NCAA seriously at this point. There needs to be some type of a governing body, and I still strongly feel that the college football playoff has to be the what becomes the governing body here. Maybe it's the SEC, but I, frankly, I don't think that they are the most ethical group to be leading college football to become the super conference, but we need some type of an entity to establish recruiting rules to remove the enticement factor for recruiting. And I, I've come on here and I've, I've made statements after we had Tucker Craft on, who is an active South Dakota State player who, who told us that he was offered a six-figure deal to leave even though he wasn't in the portal. That goes in line, I think, with high school recruiting that something needs to be done about the enticement aspect of NIL. I, as a former player, am very much in favor of name, image, and likeness deals. I think that these players have been improperly held back when they had opportunities to make tons of money through marketing. But to use that as a recruiting tactic... I think completely disrupts the competitive nature of the game. And I additionally to also be very clear with this as well. I am not against giving these players a set salary of some sort and having a cap on those salaries. That's something that's probably even further down the line. And to reiterate, if these guys go to a school and a brand wants to approach a kid and offers him money after he's already had a huge sophomore season, let's say, and a company comes along and they offer him $500,000 to promote it, to wear their apparel, all those things, that is what NIL is supposed to be. It is not supposed to be boosters just straight up saying, here's the money. There needs to be some type of governing body that steps in, establishes rules that nobody can come in here and try to bait a player to come play based on an endorsement. It needs to be something that happens organically for them to make that decision. And trying to put together some type of governing body like that is going to be very complicated and we're still going to eventually have under the table stuff, but there still needs to be some type of regulation because the tension that this is building up over the past month, again, May is supposed to be a quiet month for college football. And the fact that we have the the transfer portal issues with, with enticement, the fact that we have the battle between Nick Saban and, and Jimbo Fisher now, all of these things, the fact that it is all bubbling up is only going to lead to bigger problems. Something does need to be done. Otherwise, we are consistently going to have bigger and bigger issues 
throughout the uh, you know throughout recruiting throughout all these things with name, image, and likeness. Before I wrap, I just want to give everybody uh, a quick note. Be sure to this is probably one of the most ham-fisted ad reads because I'm sitting here talking about money and I'm I'm talking about our <laughs> going and betting money. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your sports betting needs. Find all of your latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA and NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to their website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Folks, if you enjoyed listening, be sure to hit that like button, leave a comment, uh, and then also subscribe again wherever you might be tuning in. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.